We love longleaf pines, but we have limited experience. We think this week it's time to call in an expert. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of February the 13th, 2014. We are so pleased to have a chance to visit today with my brother. His name is Dave Borden. He is a full-time CPA and a part-time farmer who is quite knowledgeable about fruit and nut production, but in addition, he is knowledgeable and experienced in planting and maintaining stands of longleaf pine. So I'm delighted we have a chance to visit with him, Dave Borden. I'll start the conversation just by asking you how you came to love longleafs so. You know, my my interest really probably started with my oldest daughter. Uh, She's a has a master's in environmental biology, and she uh, really raised the prospect of our planting longleaf very early on. I, I wish that I had listened to her because it probably took me four or five years before I actually planted some longleaf. But my, my interest, I, I guess, stems from, I guess, first and foremost, the biological diversity um, you know, the open canopy structure of a mature longleaf forest allows sunlight to hit the floor. And so you you develop a very diverse herbaceous growth that attracts a lot of insects and the insects bring in uh, birds and bobwhite quail. It's uh, outstanding uh, deer and turkey habitat. And of course, is the... Um, uh, really the principal habitat for the uh, RCW, the red cockaded woodpecker, which is endangered and uh, is also great habitat for the gopher tortoise, which is threatened. And, uh, and in addition to that, it's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a real fan of fox squirrels and it's a great habitat for them. So biological diversity, it's uh, really good timber, particularly in this day when so many questions are being raised about the structural integrity of loblolly. Uh, uh, longleaf pine makes straight, dense, uh, rock-resistant timber, and great poles, which uh, generally carry significant uh, premium values. They're also much more resistant to both southern pine beetles and Ips beetles, which in our area or a major problem. So from a timber standpoint, it's a good long-term investment. I think, too, just connecting with history. It is our past. I mean, Longleaf was the tree that built the South, you know, from naval stores to uh, the Tar Heel State, North Carolina, to uh, turpentine, to to lumber. It is our past. Lee, probably the biggest reason, though, is they're just plain pretty. Uh, uh, a longleaf stand, uh, even when they're developing along with the native grasses, the little blue stem, the broom sedge blue stem that uh, typically accompany the um, environment is, is just, a, um, just a beautiful, beautiful sight. And, of course, once the trees are mature, it's, uh, they are... 
it's literally a spectacular forest. So I think those are the reasons. I think the only other thing is it is a good reminder of what happens when we don't pay attention uh, and we destroy them literally. And but but it's it's also a story about what we can do when we do recognize that. Uh, we, we made some mistakes and, you know, all the efforts that are taking place now with the Longleaf Alliance to restore the Longleaf habitat or, you know, good a good case study in what happens when you don't pay attention and how you rebound when you do. I know for a fact that you have done a lot um, in these past 10 years to replenish the Longleaf population in our area, um, central Alabama. And because of your experience, that's one reason we're talking to you today, we wondered, what is your best advice about how to plant long leaves? Uh, where do you get your trees? How do you prepare your soil, if you prepare it at all? Um, how far apart would you plant your trees? Amanda, it really depends upon what the site is that you're planting in. We've planted in uh, cutover uh, pine timber. We've planted in uh, cutover hardwood timber, we planted in pastures, we planted in hay fields, and we planted uh, now in a planted pine plantation where we cut back to a very uh, broad spacing or low basal area and planted uh, longleaf in the understory. I would refer the anybody listening, the, the Longleaf Alliance uh, it's uh, www.longleafalliance.org, not .com. And I'll include a link on the show notes page for that. That'd be great. And the, they have a prescription where they give you recommendation, recommended site prep for hay fields, for pastures, for cropland, for cutover land. And so they walk you through the site prep I, I would say that the most important thing in planting long leaf is site preparation. Uh, it is more extensive than would be the case with respect to loblolly pine. Uh, my experience, and you know, I'm an organic fruit uh, enthusiast, uh, and don't use chemicals there. But my experience is in connection with long leaf that you just about have to uh, treat the uh, area with chemicals. Uh, if you're planting in hay fields or pastures, uh, starting with glyphosate, which is Roundup. Uh, and I, I, I have, we've typically used two applications of glyphosate, once starting in you know, May or June of the preceding period, and then again in the early fall uh, and then we burn, in addition to that, if there's any residue left. Uh, in the cutover areas, typically uh, arsenal is heavily used and burning in addition to that. Uh, the, in terms of, of planting, if you are planting in a hayfield or pasture, I would strongly recommend scalping. Scalping is where you, you cut a very shallow, wide furrow that you plant the long leaf in, and that gives a, an exposed mineral soil area without the seed bed because you're you're pulling the seed bed back to plant the long leaf in, and and gives them a much better uh, jump start free of competition. 
I think by far and away, one of the most important things on Longleaf in terms of survival and initial development is the site preparation and keeping the competition uh, away from them. Uh, we did mechanical, uh, non-chemical site prep uh, extensive uh, in, in the case of some cutover land that we uh, that we planted and we, we cleaned it up as well as you could possibly clean it up. But because of the rebounding sweet gum and other woody competition, we had a very difficult time with that site because we didn't use chemicals. And so since that time, we have used, uh, we've used chemicals to prepare. In terms of planting density, it sort of depends upon what you're trying to do. And in our case, we wanted a broader spacing because we wanted to stimulate the herbaceous growth and stimulate the, the wildlife carrying potential uh, of the property. And so we planted uh, about 550 trees an acre. That also, by the way, uh, NRCS, uh, uh, Natural Resources Conservation Service, has money uh, to plant longleaf in the uh, EQIP program as well as in the uh, uh, wildlife incentive uh, program. And so they recommend in those instances planning at a, uh, a spacing of eight by 10 or about 550 trees an acre. Um, in terms of where the trees come from, uh, again, I hate, I hate to keep referring back to the Longleaf Alliance, but they have a, uh, a listing of all of Alabama and, and Southeastern nurseries, excuse me, uh, on that site. Ours come from, uh, usually we, we buy from uh, a nursery in, in Dallas County uh, through our forester. Most all of the foresters certainly know how to, how to get uh, the, the longleaf trees. Now, I know that in working with longleafs, you have learned some tough lessons about keeping the competition down. Give us a quick summary of how you approach that. Leaf post-release is very important on longleaf. You know, loblolly you can plant, and, and in a lot of cases, just forget about them. You cannot do that with longleaf generally. That, that's been my experience. And so we spray uh, a, a chemical called Oust XP uh, over the top of longleaf in the first year of post-planting and, uh, and, and in some cases, two years post-planting. Uh, to to keep the, the competition back. I think it's also <clears throat> very important that you burn. Uh, we have, um, you know, we've got tree, some trees planted seven years ago and, and we have burned them every year, uh, for example. Now that's probably overdoing it a little bit, but I'm a, I'm a wildlife, I mean, I'm a uh, native grass nut. And so it uh, that really stimulates the native grass production. So when you get ready to do a controlled burn, tell us a little bit about how you prepare for it and how you accomplish it, and then if you have anything you do after the fire, tell us about that. Probably the most important thing, again, is preparing the site to burn, and that's good fire lanes. Um, getting good fire lanes that or disc and the mineral soil is exposed. Um, and uh, 
that's key. Having your <laughs> having equipment uh, mobilized, you know, your tractor with your disc on it or your box blade on it, whatever you're going to use if fire gets out uh, on you. Um, having it all stationed nearby. And, and I think just being very, very careful. I mean, typically what most people would do would set the uh, blaze on off of the fire lane where the wind is blowing into the fire lane and, and, and generally back the fire into the uh, forest, creating a very broad buffer on the side that the wind is blowing to. And, uh, you know, in young longleaf, we never burn a very large area at a time. We do what's called strip burning. And you would you would burn a strip and then you go back and start uh, into the wind and let the wind come, you know, maybe not more than 100 feet before it matches up with the previous fire that you set. So by strip burning, you keep it from getting too hot. Uh, uh, we do have not, uh, I just haven't had the courage <laughs> to do it. We have not burned any long leaf in the growing season. All of our burns have been December and January and February burns. So and that that's probably just, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of burning here, um, but I, I just, um, and I'm scared to, you know, burn in the in the growing season. And obviously, if you have some mature long leaf, that is the best. That's probably not good for uh, young developing long leaf, but it is good for mature long leaf because it exposes the mineral soil in advance of the of the seed drop. When people are wanting to get started planting long leaves or plant a new uh, long leaf stand. What kind of equipment would you say you need to begin planting? You know, um, obviously site prep is, is key. And so uh, we go ahead and put our fire lanes in. Uh, obviously, before we plant, we, we do site prep, which we're, in our case uh, really just requires a tractor and a sprayer. And, and then we burn it. Okay, so... It is, um, you know, a tractor and uh, uh, a drip torch and, uh, and, a, and a sprayer mounted to the back of the tractor. I mean, you could use a backpack sprayer. We actually use one that uh, we, a 55-gallon sprayer that we mount on a three-point hitch. But that's, uh, that's all the equipment that is required. And, you know, out in the country, you can usually borrow a sprayer from somebody. Uh, the uh, in terms of planning, we have always contracted out our planning. There are a number of Mexican crews that circulate through Alabama in the planning season that do a very good job. I mean, that are they uh, they're very capable, they're very fast, they're reasonably economical, and um, they uh, they do an excellent job. So that's uh that's what we do in terms of planning now just like uh what what uh, you guys do we come back uh where we have um uh spots that where we have higher failure rates and we will spot in and plant just ourselves but 
you know, we do that with a dibble and, uh, and, and a bucket of trees. So, um, we, um, that's, that's basically what, uh, what we use. The only specialized equipment, if you're planting in a pasture or a hayfield and you're using, uh, scalping equipment, that is sometimes hard to come by and find. There are a couple of foresters that have scalping, uh, devices that fit behind a three point hitch. But, um, if you're going to plant in a hayfield or pasture and you want to scalp, I would, I would get started early looking for that device. You've had a lot of experience with long leaves, and I'm sure that you do this as second nature. Tell us a little bit about the areas you know where long leaves just would not work. You know, my, my experience has been that, um, I mean, certainly the heavier clay soils, the prairie soils, um, it, that exist, in, in, for example, in the Black Belt and in, in, in a lot of areas, would not work. Um, generally, heavy clay soils um, are not suitable for 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 planting for planting longleaf. However, I, I will say this: we've we've planted some longleaf in eroded. Uh, pasture areas, uh, what, what was formerly a cattle farm, and there were some eroded um, clay shelf exposed places that honestly I didn't think would work, and, and they're some of our best stands uh, initially. And the reason is there's no competition there either. So the longleaf were able to get a foothold and uh, were able to survive and they didn't have any competition in some of the prettiest trees right now are there. Now, how well those trees will develop long-term remains to be seen, but I think generally you want to avoid the heavy clay and, and prairie-type soils. Give us your best sage advice for somebody who is considering getting into longleaf pines. I, I would say this. I would say do your homework. Uh, recognize that it is it, it is much more difficult than than growing loblolly, uh, and so you you have to uh, do the site preparation and do it right. No no uh, no failure allowed uh, on that front, and then you have to be prepared to do some things in a post-release environment, both chemicals. Um, and or uh, a fire in order to give the trees an opportunity to thrive uh, free of, of competition. Now, there may be an exception in the case of some people who have natural longleaf seed bed on their property, you do, for example, but most places where people are planting would not have a natural uh, mature longleaf uh, seed, seed bed in place. So. I think just recognizing that it is more difficult, uh, but the benefits of it are, uh, you know, so rewarding at the same time. You, you, you wind up not with this kind of packed-in pine planted monoculture environment. You you wind up with a diverse uh, understory, beautiful trees, beautiful native grasses, uh, magnificent biological diversity and habitat and better timber 
And uh, so the, it, it is for those who want to do something long term, as opposed to those that, you know, maybe want to maximize the economics in the short term. Dave Borden, thank you so much for visiting with us today. Glad to do it. I sure am glad we talked to him. His experience, his expertise, his whole approach are so different from ours. That's right. We are definitely, well, we have the advantage of having that seed bed that he mentioned, but we, um, we're we doing this on a smaller scale for so sure. So much smaller. <laughs> we do the hand dibble, you know, and, and we're organic, so I don't really think we'll be using any kind of chemicals, but we do plan to try the controlled burn approach at some point. Exactly, and I think we can benefit from that. We will learn more about using fire as a means not only of increasing the longleaf production, but also clearing the forest bed generally so that it becomes more pleasant to uh, spend time in the forest. And to serve as habitat to attract wildlife, as Dave mentioned. Thanks for listening today. We've enjoyed this conversation and hope you have as well. We look forward to visiting with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.